Welcome to the TPC Podcast. Thanks for listening. The Pentecostal Church is located at 3700 Kelly Highway in Fort Smith, Arkansas. With roots anchored firmly right here in the Arkansas River Valley, it continues to be a beacon of hope in a hopeless world and a hospital for hurting souls. TPC is a place where you can call home and fulfill your calling in the kingdom of God. Join us for this incredible word from the Lord today. Aren't you thankful we do have victory in that name? No other name under heaven. We have victory in that name. Victory in that name. Victory in that name. We are victorious. We are victorious. Not not just we will be victorious. We already are. We're already there. We're already powerful. We already have authority. We already have dominion. We already have the victory. And the enemy knows it. But he sure works hard to talk us out of it. But not today. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I've got the victory and I know it. And I will have my breakthrough. And I'll keep my breakthrough. Tell him, I'll keep it. This isn't a one-day deal. I'm, I'm keeping this thing. Thank you to all the musicians and singers for being so sensitive to the Holy Ghost and letting the Lord use you so powerfully. I want to read some verses of Scripture to you. <clears throat> a couple of days, this has really been in my spirit, just bouncing around off and on throughout each day. But a few weeks ago, maybe maybe two or three months ago now, I don't remember, but uh, the Lord began to just drop some verses of Scripture in my spirit that are very common to all of us, and uh, we know them very well. And they are. We're going to read first in Luke chapter one. You can go ahead and seat yourself. You've been standing for forty minutes, and. Um, Luke chapter number one, I want to start verse 26 to give honor to brother and sister Sullivan and their family. Aren't you thankful for the leadership God's given you? Hello, somebody. You need to thank God for godly leadership that love you and pray for you and cover you. We honor them today. Thank the Lord for them. Strength, health be upon them and an increase of the kingdom be in them in Jesus name Luke chapter number 1 verse 26 is where I'll start we'll just see and in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth uh, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
And when she saw him, she was troubled <clears throat> at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou, art, thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. Now that was a declaration. It was a promise. Because you found favor with him, you're going to give birth to something. There were a lot of other girls in the kingdom her age that also were virgins that could have been chosen, but she was chosen. And as far as I can tell, Brother Sullivan, the only indicator given as to why she was chosen was that she had found favor with God. So there was something about her life that was different than others. <clears throat> Hello? And she didn't apologize for it either. When the Lord said, I'm going to do something supernatural with you, she didn't start making apologies, and she didn't start trying to talk him out of what it was he was trying to do. And I'm going to tell somebody something. If you want, if you want God to do something significant and supernatural in your life and ministry, find favor with him. Live a life that causes him to be able to say of us, you found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, everybody say his kingdom. kingdom. Say it again with strength, his kingdom. Not mine, his. What I do will come to an end. What I do will stop short sometimes. But of his kingdom, there shall be no end. This was a promise and a declaration. And the promise was nothing is going to stop my kingdom. It will not have an end. There's nothing that's going to be done there's nothing hell can do. There's nothing man can do. I don't care how wicked man gets. They can't stop the kingdom. I don't care what laws they pass. They can't stop the kingdom. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10, thy kingdom come. Whose kingdom? His kingdom. Thy will be done. Whose will? His will. Where? Here in this earth, in this land, in me, just as effortlessly as it's done in the heavens. Psalms 145, 13, thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Everybody say everlasting kingdom. Are you picking up a trend? An everlasting kingdom, an unending kingdom. And thy dominion, everybody say dominion. Endure throughout all generations. There's no place the dominion of the kingdom can't go. There's no country the dominion of the kingdom cannot infiltrate. There's no stronghold that the dominion of the kingdom cannot tear down. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 145, verse 11. Thou, they shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom, not mine, his, and talk of thy power. And no wonder the enemy's trying to change the things we talk about. Luke chapter 17, verse number 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, 
For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. In other words, it's been here. It's been around you and walking among you the entire time. It's not going to be built with brick, stone, and mortar. The kingdom of God is the will of God, and it's in you. Luke chapter 17, verse 21 in the Passion Translation. The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another. For God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. And I'm, I feel a witness in the Holy Ghost to tell somebody in this room, don't look at what's going on around you. Hear the word of the Lord. The kingdom is already expanding. That's why there's challenge in front of you. That's why there's disturbance around you. That's why there's issues popping up here and there. The kingdom is expanding. When are we going to grow? We're already growing. When's the church going to get bigger? It's getting bigger. Where? In me. I'm, I'm part of the kingdom. The kingdom's here. The kingdom's expanding. God's doing something. And heal the sick, Luke chapter 10, verse number 9. And heal the sick that are therein. And say unto them, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. So the kingdom of God includes the gifts of the Spirit, and in this case, the gift of healing. So when the gift of healing is operating, you need to know the kingdom is right here beside you. The kingdom's working on you. The kingdom's carrying you. The kingdom's fixing you. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. If you see these works being done in your midst, you need to already know right then and there that the kingdom has come unto you. You don't need me to tell you what a world we live in. Good night of living. Who in the wide world ever thought such a time would come? But it has come. And I don't know of anything the enemy's doing to the church more than trying to discourage us from doing what God's called us to do. I, I've watched him from one coast to the other, the north coast, a border to the southern border. And everywhere in between. And Brother Sullivan, he's working overtime to discourage us, trying to get us to the place that we say, you know what, it's just there's no use. It's not, I'm never going to be, pastors are getting discouraged because my God, are the people of God ever going to get on board with it? How much do I have to preach before they catch the burden? How, how many times do I have to say we've got, and, and it's discouragement across all spectrums of the church. And I've wondered a long time why it is, what, what is it that the enemy's trying to stop and trying to prevent. And I've come to the conclusion that it can only be the expansion of the kingdom. <clears throat> He's trying to stop the kingdom because he knows the kingdom embodies deliverance. He knows that if a child of God is bound up by something, the kingdom of God has got the answer to that. He knows that if we went and had surgery and got addicted to pain pills and doing everything we can to get rid of it, the kingdom of God has the answer. He knows that if you got an alcohol problem, the kingdom of God not only has the answer, but the kingdom of God is the answer. He knows if I've got a pornography problem, the kingdom of God has the answer, and he's trying to get us to give up on the kingdom of God because he knows the the kingdom is never going to give up on us. And you need to get that in your brain today before tomorrow even starts. The kingdom is never going to let you down. The kingdom's never going to walk off and leave you. The kingdom is never going to abandon you. The kingdom's never going to say, I can't use you. The kingdom's never going to say, you're not good enough. The kingdom is never going to get impatient with you. If you're trying to get into the kingdom, the kingdom will wait for you. The kingdom will make a way for you. If I was the devil, 
I'd be doing exactly what he's doing, Sister Sullivan. I'd, I'd, be, I, I'd be trying to exhaust the people of God from the pulpit to the back row. I'd, I'd be doing everything I could to get the people of God to give up on the kingdom because I would know, I would have been around long enough to have seen that the kingdom of God can bring the people of God out of every, he knows. He was there when they went into Egypt and he was standing there at the gate when they came out of Egypt. He was there when they were caught between Pharaoh army in a Red Sea. He watched the kingdom come on board and make a way for them to escape when in their own mind there was no way out of that. He knows how powerful the kingdom is. And if I was him, I'd be trying to get me to give up on the kingdom. I'd be whispering stuff in my ear like, I thought your ministry would have taken off by now. I'd be lying to somebody telling them nobody in that church loves you. I'd be lying to people telling them God has forgotten you because I know the kingdom. I'd be telling you everything about you that the kingdom is not. I'd be telling you everything that the kingdom is not. I'd tell you that the kingdom don't care about you when he does care about you. The king and the kingdom care about you. There's a cross that proves that lie not to be true. God does care about you and God does have a plan for you and I don't care how many times we stumble and I don't care how many times we fall. The kingdom will always be there to pick you up and to dust you off and to set you back on your path if I was him I'd be trying to talk the people of God out of going to church mm -hmm. if I was him I'd be trying to convince you that prayer meetings are a waste of time if I was him, I'd be trying to talk you out of living the life of discipline and consistency and faithfulness in the kingdom. If I was him, I'd be trying to talk you into believing that reading the word of God and hiding the word away in your heart really does not have any benefit, but it does. And he knows it does because he knows that law of the kingdom. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I would never sin. He knows. He knows how powerful the kingdom is. The kingdom is so powerful because of the anointing and the blood in the kingdom and the name of Jesus in the kingdom. It was so powerful that a harlot woman was told, hang a scarlet cord out your window, and when this city is completely in ruin and everything and everybody has been destroyed, I'm giving you my word. The kingdom is behind this promise. If you'll put that out the window and indicate who you are and where you are, everybody you can get in your house is going to be all right. And the kingdom was so powerful, it tore down everything else and preserved something right in the middle of whatever else it was tearing down. That's anointing. That's powerful. Think about it. The kingdom's power could bring an entire city to ruin. And the same power that was destroying one thing preserves something else right in the middle of all of that. The kingdom's powerful. It's important to note, I think, when the angel's overshadowing Mary and he's telling her all the things he's telling her about what's to come, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. 
He's going to be the rose of Sharon. He's going to be the cornerstone that the builders reject. He is going to be the alpha and the omega. He's going to be the beginning and the ending, the author and the finisher of your faith. He's going to be the peace in the valley when you're going through hell and everything around you's falling apart. I'm telling you right now, this thing I'm about to put in your womb, this thing you're about to birth is going to be the answer to all mankind for all of time. Oh, and by the way, let it also be recorded and known. This isn't temporary. I have been at places in my life, Brother Sullivan, where somehow or another I was thankful for all he said to her that day. But nobody ever made enough big of a deal, and I never made a big enough deal out of the fact that it was not temporary. And there have been times in my life that I thought, dear God in heaven, if I could just go back. You don't have to go back. Just get up. There ain't no going back. You don't get to unspill the milk. The water is already under the bridge. There is no going back. And the devil knows how redemptive and powerful the blood is and how powerful the kingdom is. So the devil lies to you and says, yeah, well, if you'd have just never done that or if you'd have just never done that. Well, you know what, Skippy? I did do it, but there's something in the kingdom called the blood of the lamb. And if I can just get to the blood, the, the kingdom said, if I'd repent, he'd forgive me. So I, I got news for you. The kingdom's already settled this. I don't have to be a prisoner to what I used to be or where I used to go or what I used to do are the mistakes that I've made. I'm telling you, the kingdom's powerful. The kingdom is so powerful it can introduce you to your, your future while it's bringing you out of your past. The kingdom is not bound by time. The kingdom operates outside of time. Time functions in the kingdom. And it don't matter how old you might be on today sitting in this room and thinking, man, if I'd have had all the revelations I've got now when I was 20, what I could have done for Jesus. Hey, guess what? God gave you the revelations you got at 71, 75, 79, 82 because it was time for you to have it. And maybe the kingdom doesn't need you out knocking doors, but it needs you at home praying and tearing down strongholds, interceding and travailing and covering the people of God and the man of God in prayer the kingdom is perfect in everything it does the kingdom calls some to be prayer warriors the scripture says that in the great house there's all kind of vessels we ain't trying to build a perfect church God is not trying to build a perfect church made up of perfect people we got some probably sitting in this room on today that's never made a mistake in your life. I'd like to meet you and God bless you. I want to know how you've managed to accommodate that. But maybe we got some perfect people that's never done anything wrong. But we got some people that used to be a devil 20 years ago, just lived like an absolute devil out in the world. But the cool thing about it is you can't look around in here and find them right now. You couldn't walk up and down an aisle in here and say they were an adulterer, they were a fornicator, they were addicted to pornography. That one was a drug. You can't find them. The kingdom is so powerful. It makes, it makes us all look just the same. It covers us all with the same blood and all with the same forgiveness forgiveness and all with the same purity and innocence the kingdom will root out evil in one place and cover sin in another two people sitting side by side in the church and the kingdom at work and it's digging and digging and exposing in this one 
and covering up with this one because this one got dug out yesterday and now the work of Calvary, the finished work of Calvary is I'm going to cover up what I dug out and exposed yesterday. I got it out there where you could look at it. You repented of it. Now today I'm going to cover it. The kingdom is so powerful while he's exposing one thing, covering another. He can heal back here, deliver over there, set free down here. They can be baptizing people at the same time and somebody else receiving the Holy Ghost all at the same time. The kingdom cannot be stopped and there is no end to the kingdom. We're not a part of some dime store novel. This ain't no 10 cent book. Uh Uh-uh. What did he say he exalted above his name? One thing is exalted above the name, the word. What did the word say? Of his kingdom there shall be no end. We look around and challenges come. Issues come. We're fighting things. We're dealing with stuff. And you got a modern day Goliath standing out on a battlefield mocking you and mocking God. Do you think David's life was not ordered of the Lord? God had a plan for little David when he wasn't nothing but a shepherd boy. And nobody even knew where that rosy-cheeked little boy was. He was out there watching his daddy's sheep, looking over his daddy's herd. But God already had, the kingdom already had designs for him. And when the lion came and the bear came, the Lord said, no, my kingdom won't end here. Oh, no, you're not going to die. You go after those sheep, and you're going to be victorious in battle over that lion and over that bear. How do you know that? Because I've got a place in the kingdom, and the kingdom in you and you are in the kingdom and of my kingdom there shall be no end it don't matter what the devil does he cannot stop the kingdom in you the kingdom it ain't no dime sized novel mm. the kingdom Goliath wasn't there to kill David. Some of y'all got some Goliaths in your world right now. You came down here for prayer. Goliath could have no more killed that little boy than a man in the moon because the kingdom had a plan for David. And David's plan was not yet finished. The kingdom had a plan for Isaac. And Isaac had not yet completed his task in the world in the kingdom. And it wouldn't have mattered if Abraham had driven that knife plumb through that boy's body. God, and if, if he had burned him up and been left with nothing but a pile of ashes, God would have walked down into that mess in that situation and said, hey, you know what? I shaped man out of the dust of the earth before, and because my kingdom is unstoppable, I'm going to exercise that same creative power. I don't care what your situation is, and I don't care how messed up it is, I don't care where it started and where it's at now. The same creative power can get back in your mess and reshape it all together again. If he had burned that little boy up, the kingdom would have gotten involved. The kingdom, Brother Cotto, would have got involved. Hudson, the kingdom would have got involved. And the kingdom would have probably said, you know what, Abraham, you did exactly what I told you to do. But I need you to understand that fire and a blade can't stop the kingdom. 
I need you to understand that a pile of ashes is not an indicator that my work is done. I don't care how much of a mess you got at home. Don't you let the mess deceive you into believing that the kingdom has no work left to do and the kingdom has no hand. I don't care how bad I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care what the next phone call says. The kingdom is not limited by a bad news report. The kingdom is not limited by a bad doctor's report. The kingdom has no end. the kingdom that kingdom's powerful pastor that kingdom said you know what I'm going to send angels to cover you they're going to watch over you they're going to keep you they're going to walk with you when you sleep they're going to stand guard over you that kingdom's so powerful He said, you know what? While they're doing their job, you don't worry about what they're doing now. I, you, you know they got you covered. But when you feel the enemy encroaching, trespassing, how many of y'all feel like the, the devil's been just trying to crowd in on you lately? Hold your hand up. Do you, what would you do with a trespasser on your personal property? You spend thousands of dollars stocking your little old fish pond and you look up and there's some agent of the enemy out there bass fishing in your little fish pond you're gonna stand at the front porch and say boy i never saw that coming i sure wish they'd leave my bass and them crappie alone to stay out of them brim don't get oh god they got in my catfish what ain't nobody in here gonna do that brother patrick if you look up in the morning somebody down there hijacking your little old fish pond you're gonna run down there and apprehend them i'm gonna smite you hip and thought you i will whip you with your own fishing pole get out of my and some of you need to tell the enemy you've been trespassing on the kingdom you don't have a right to lie to me you don't have a right to make me discouraged of his kingdom there'll be no end David yeah, some of y'all need to just try it I tell, I, look I talk trash to him Brother Green, I, I do everything I can to insult the devil. I won't call him Satan because that's the correct pronunciation, Mother. I'm not doing it. I want that trash to know just how little respect I have for him. So when I'm dealing with him, I call him Satan. S-A-D-U-M-B. Say dumb. Idiot. I'll whip him with his fishing pole too. I'm, I'm kind of to the point that Gideon got to. I'm just going, you know what? I know how powerful I am. I believe, matter of fact, today, I'll just get up, Brother Kate Wallace, and I ain't even going to pull. You're so powerful, you ain't even got to pull your sword out of the little scabbard. Gideon got to the point of revelation of who he was. He'd just rattle that blade around, and the enemy would take off running through a briar patch because David finally figured out there's no end to the kingdom. They finally figured it out. There's no end to the kingdom. Some of y'all ought to get up in the morning. And you feel that trash standing right there at the foot of your bed waiting to start messing with you. You ought to go through the invisible motions. You play the air guitar when ain't nobody looking. You ought to do this when ain't nobody looking. You ought to get up and just sling your old belt on. 
put your hand right on the hilt of your sword and tell him. Say one word to me. Some of y'all need to flash back and remember, I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. Don't act sanctified. You know who you are. I, you, you used to listen to it. I hear you knocking, but you can't. Some of y'all have let the enemy trespass on the kingdom of God in your life long enough. You are not pitiful. You are not forgotten. You are not a victim. You are not an underrated person. You are powerful, and you are ordained of God. You were specifically called out of darkness into the kingdom for a purpose. I got a revelation a long time ago, Brother Pickens. Thanks be to God. I hated flying. I still hate it. There's so many people on them planes, I don't care if you are in first class. It ain't like there's a county between you. And so you're either going to be that far from somebody, which I can't do that. You get off some of them flights and you got a callus on your left arm where you've been rubbing on somebody. Just, and people as thick like I am. Don't say, well, lose weight. I decided a long time ago I had two choices with my life. Be happy or skinny. We know who you are. <laughs> mm. I believe in the miraculous. I believe the Lord can take a Reese's peanut butter cup, turn it into broccoli by the time it gets in my gut. Hey, there's no end to the kingdom. What in the wide world do we pray over food for anyway? Oh, Lord, sanctify. The devil is a lie. It's sanctified because I'm about to eat it, but I need you to extrapolate all the unnecessary stuff in it and just let me benefit. From... I, got, I got taste buds that need to be satisfied. Worry about my frame and have an unhappy palate the rest of my life. You've lost your mind. I'm keeping all of this happy. <laughs> Some of you think people ought to be running out. Said, "Oh, thank you." Or send one of them skinny people beside you to run for you. They got wind for ten people. What in the wide world? I've come unhinged and run plumb off the runway. But there is no end to the kingdom. I've had to eat and drink stuff across this globe. Sure was glad the kingdom was there. But I was afraid of flying for years. Early on in my, my ministry, I hated getting on planes. I hated the taking off and the landing. I just couldn't with my vast knowledge of physics, understand how that plane could at all get off the ground empty, much less with a sea of humanity on it and just volumes of fuel in the wings. How in the wide world is this thing not coming apart in various places? And then when the landing gear retracts, they ought to tell first-time flyers, here's some things that you're going to hear in your flight. They're normal. Oh, no, there, I've seen people just hear the, the, the flaps retracting in the wings and just pass smooth out on but <laughs> It's normal, pal. Where do we land? You'll never see that coming either. I woke up over the bay in San Francisco one time. It's the last seat on the plane, and I ended up being the last guy to buy a seat. 
and I'm on the last row by the bathroom, glory, hallelujah, and on the window, and I had gone to sleep. Somehow or another, the Lord was kind to me. But when I woke up, that plane was banking. Now, when you land on that particular runway in San Francisco, and some of y'all may have done it, they go out over the bay and turn and come back in. Don't they? Well, I'm telling you what, you need to do that fully awake and aware. Because when turbulence hits the airplane, Brother Wallace and you back there hemmed in, and I'm almost claustrophobic, and I'm back there all pinned up on the window and got some pile of flesh over here that's absolutely unaware of my disaster that's on the way, and I'm sitting here looking, and the plane, and I turn, and, I, and my head's already rolled over this way and drool everywhere, and I look out the window, and all I could see was water. And then, who I needed the kingdom quickened in a hurry. I went in Brother Barnes's office one day. I'd never told anybody about my struggle. I walked in there and he said, all right, boy, sit down. Why are you afraid of flying? I'm like, well, do you want the short version or the long one? The short one is I, I'm afraid we're crashing at all times. He said, boy, did God make you some promises? Yes, sir. Did he or did he not tell you the things he was going to do in your life and ministry? Yes, sir. Has he done all those things yet? No, sir. Are you living in such a way that you're obedient to the word to the best of your ability and you're available for God to do what he wants to do through you? Yes, sir. Then if that plane crashes, you'll be the one person that walks away from it because there's no disaster and no trial and no valley and no situation that has the power and the authority to override the promises of God in your life. And some of you need to quit waiting on the other shoe to drop and the devil lying to you telling you if you get involved in prayer, I'll tear your family up. No, he knows that God's about to bring a revival to your family and you are the catalyst and it's time to pray like you've never prayed. Ooh, I, almost, I almost wish I had a little B3 help. Hallelujah and some drums. I almost wish we had it. Goliath was not, do you think David's life was just some random series of events that God wasn't aware of? No. He knew what David's purpose in the world was when David was yet in the womb before David was in the womb. He knew what his purpose was. He knew David's purpose because he gave it to him. He assigned it to an unborn child. He designed it for a guy that had not even entered the womb yet. He knew David's purpose when that lion showed up. He knew David's long-term purpose when that bear showed up. Do we honestly think that Joseph's purpose in the kingdom went unnoticed by God? But it seemed like through a series of events that God had forgotten what he told Joseph in a promise. He forgot what he gave Joseph in a dream. You're going to do this, and this is going to happen, and all these other stalks and bells are going to bow before you, and you're going to do this, and all the stars are going to do what they're doing, and this is you, and this is everybody. God gave him all of that to Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, 
Abraham, Lot, look down through scripture. There was person after person after person after person. And here Joseph is with this promise on his life. And he opened his mouth and he began to tell somebody what God had told him was going to happen. And then his own brethren turned on him. And they began to do everything they could to destroy him and to discredit him. And finally they said, you know what? We're going to put him out of daddy's house. We're tired of daddy playing favorites with him. We're tired of daddy loving him more than he loves everybody else. Daddy never made me a coat of many colors. Daddy never talked to me like he talks to Joseph. I'm tired of it. And jealousy and envy got a hold of them. And they did something that they thought would put an end to the thorn in their flesh. But little did they know, just like Goliath had no clue what he was doing with that day on that battlefield with David, they didn't know. Goliath wasn't there to kill David. He was there to introduce him. Some of y'all, some of y'all need to understand that giant in your life right now, that Goliath in your life right now, it can't kill you. The enemy knows it can't kill you. It's simply there to help you transition from one season of life to another, from one season of ministry to another. I don't know what it is. I don't care what it is. What I'm telling you is that without Goliath in his life, David would have never been anything other than a little unknown shepherd boy. But because a giant came along and God let Goliath get involved, now all of a sudden he began to introduce to everybody that needed to see it. Here's a future king of Israel. Here's a guy that's going to be victorious. He posts up. Here's the one that's going to bring you out. Here's the one that I put my hand on. Here's the one that my anointing is on. You'd have never known him in a valley out here with sheep. But today, I'm going to let him stride out onto the battlefield and be revealed to you. Some of y'all been going through hell. You think the enemy's going to kill you? No, he is not. But God is using this thing to introduce you to the mountain in your life, to introduce you to the valley in your life, to introduce you to everything that was designed to destroy you. Part of the kingdom. It's not just in me. I'm part of it. I'm not just in the church. I'm part of the church. I'm not just part of the church, but I am the church. I am the church triumphant. I am the church victorious in battle. I am the church that's gonna overcome the adversary. I am the church that walks on water. I am the church. Oh, Joseph, don't hate your brethren. I know they hate you, but if you won't be consumed by their hatred for you, God's going to use you to save them someday. Don't lay at their feet what they've done to you, Joseph. I know they tore up your favorite little old jacket. I know they took your coat of many colors that your daddy made for you. I know it was sentimental to you. I know you intended on passing it down to your child. But Joseph, don't you worry. Don't you let that coat become your identity. Don't let that be all you ever are in the kingdom. Some of you need to understand, God will send stuff by. God will, God will send situations by. 
to strip you of a coat that was going to restrain you in the future. If you kept that coat on, you were going to be confined somewhere. It would have restricted your ministry. Joseph, everybody say it. Joseph, don't let that coat be all that you ever are. Because God's designed for you, Joseph, is much more than a coat of many colors. It's much more than just your daddy liking you. It's not enough that you just got favor, Mary. Mary, it's not enough that you just found favor with God. But now what I put in you is going to ostracize you. Some of y'all don't understand it, but what God put in you is the reason you in the mess you in right now. Don't be mad at the people around you. You prayed somewhere back along the way and you said, God, I want you to use me. God, I want you to do something different in my life. God, I want you to make me something that I've never been before. And all of a sudden, we began to pray, God, I want to be what you want me to be. Make me in your own image. And the Lord said, all right, as of right now, I'm gonna put something in you. Maybe it was all the way back at Bible college, but I'm gonna put something in you that at some point in time, it's gonna ostracize you. It's going to make people look at you like there's something wrong with you. And there's nothing wrong with you at all, Joseph. Brother Shelton, you don't understand. I'm going through hell at my house. I know, baby, but hang on. Brother Shelton, I don't want to hang on. I want to let go. I know you want to let go, but don't do it. Brother Shelton, I just want to give up. I know you want to give up, but don't do it. Instead of giving up, get deeper involved. Dig deeper in the hole. Don't let the devil dig the hole for you. You dig it yourself. And you tell him, you know what? You're not going to dig me a pothole. I'm going to dig myself a grave. And I'm going to lay down in this grave. And I'm going to let God kill everything in me that don't need to be in me. He I'm going to let God strip away from me everything that don't need to be a part of me. And when he's done with me, he'll bring me up out of this grave. He'll bring me up out of this grave. And when he resurrects me, I won't be wearing that old coat anymore. I won't be wearing that old ministry anymore. I won't be wearing that old mantle. Woo! You got a bad report from the doctor's office. Uh-uh. No, I didn't. I've been invited to something. I've been invited to a display of the power of God. And God's about to introduce me to the world. I'm about to be another testimony. Madeline, we're about to be another testimony, baby. It's the, I don't care what you've been through up to this point, but that ain't the end of it. You might feel like you just had a no-end situation, but I'm going to tell you something. That's how Joseph felt in the pit. That's how he felt at the slaver's hand. That's how he felt in the prison. That's how he felt at Potiphar's house. But there came a point that the little boy in the prison was sitting in a palace, second in charge of an entire kingdom, and God used him to save multiple kingdoms.
I might have to go to my seat. Brother Sullivan will give you the mic. Hmm. Yesterday, the Lord just hit me. I'm out piddling around, cleaning up and fiddling in the yard and cleaning up construction mess. And the Lord said, Goliath has no power over you. He can't kill you. He can't even slow you down if you don't let him. Goliath was never allowed in your life. He said to me, he said, I'm the one that, uh, it could have been anybody on that battlefield, but I saw to it that it was the worst they had to offer. What you might not know is the intimidation factor might say it's going to get worse. But what you're dealing with right now is all the enemy had to offer. It was the best thing he had to come against you with. He gave you the worst he had right now. And what you need to realize is, and i got to realize is, Brother Pickens, when this battle's over, we won't do this no more. We're not having this conversation again. We're not fighting this battle again. I'm not going through this again. No, no. When this coat comes off of me today, I'm leaving it right here and you can do what you want to with it you want my old ministry you can have it why because this kingdom will not end there's no trick the enemy can pull there's nothing he can do some of you dealing with physical problems in your body right now don't worry about it you're being introduced to the world around you on a whole different stage, a whole different platform, a whole different level. <laughs> Joseph did not write letters home from prison saying, Daddy, save my coat. They ain't recorded nowhere, not one instance, where Joseph sent a letter home. Brother Hudson had said, Daddy, my brothers took my little jacket. I'm not dead. Uh-uh. Some of you got to just quit worrying about what everybody thinks about you. You want to tear my coat up? Help yourself. I'll let you have it here. I don't care what you do. You want to make fun of my ministry? I don't care what you do. You want to mock me for coming to the church for praying? You mock me. But I'm going to tell you something. When you need help, I'll be in the prayer room. When you need help, I'll be up around the altar. When you need help, I'll be running the aisles. When you need help, I'll be the one that's front and center. You won't have to look for me. I'll be dancing all over you. I'm going to dance on your feet. I'm going to dance in your seat. I'm going to dance. I'm going to. You won't have to worry about finding me. Brother Shelton, I'm going through hell. Then keep going, baby, and get out of it. You can go through it, can't you, Brother Anderson? Somebody ask you, how you doing, Brother Brown? Oftentimes, our first response, mine is to say, well, I'm going through some stuff. And if I was really saved and sanctified, washed by the blood of the lamb when I told them out of habit I'm going through something right now if I'd get an apostolic revelation about that statement about the time it came out of my mouth sister Jan and I said to you just pray for me I'm going through something right now if I really had revelation sister Paula like I ought to have it when I made that statement I'm going through I'd realize just how prophetic that was and all of a sudden I'd oh y'all got to move out of my way get out of the aisle I got to move I got to run why because I'm going through something and I'm not going through it feeling sorry for myself I'm not going through it feeling pitiful I'm not going through it complaining and murmuring and griping I'm going through it 
Somebody ought to be running in this house right now. Somebody ought to be shouting in this house right now. Somebody ought to be rejoicing in this house right now. Somebody ought to be praising God for what you're going through in this house right now. Come on, where's your shout at? Where's your victory at? Where's your praise at? Where's your worship at? I'm going through this fire. Yes! Come on, it don't matter where you've been. It don't matter what you've done. You ought to give God some praise for what he's doing right now. You ought to give God some worship for what he's going to do tomorrow. You ought to give God some praise for what he's going to do next week. Come on, your, your cancer's going to be healed. Come on, your heart condition's going to be healed. Somebody ought to praise him for the miracle. Praise him. Praise him that your son's coming back. Praise him that your daughter's coming back. Praise him that your grandchildren are coming back. Praise him that your co-workers are going to come worship with you. Come on, mama's coming. Daddy's coming. Brother's coming. Sister's coming. Auntie's coming. Uncle's coming. Somebody ought to praise him. Somebody ought to shout unto the Lord. Oh, come on, that's right, boys. Come on, young ladies, that's right. Give some praise unto the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey. Come on, Sister Rich, that's right. You're a witness of what he's done. He's your healer. He's your healer. There ought to be some more mothers in the church just giving praise today. Yes. Yes. There ought to be some daddies making laps that your son is not every Friday night in the jail somewhere that you got to go bail out. You ought to be making laps in this church saying, I want to praise God. I know where my daughter, I know where my son is. They're not somewhere strung out today. That's right. You ought to give God praise for what God is doing in your children and in your family. Somebody ought to let the devil know, I'm here to keep shouting. I'm here to keep praising. I'm here to keep magnifying God. I've got the kingdom in me, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Woo! Yes, yes. 
yes. You know what happens when you're doing what you're doing right now? You know what happens? I tell you what happens. Stuff happens that you can't do. When you're doing what you're doing right now, things happen in the spirit realm, in the kingdom that you can't do. People are getting a word that aren't here and you're not the one speaking it. <laughs> Spiritual things are happening. Spiritual things. Are, angels are knocking on your son's door. <laughs> Come on. They had a rough Saturday night. But angels are knocking on your daughter's door. There's an angelic host just pulled up to your friend's driveway. To your family situation and said they're not alone. The kingdom provides this. I'll use his language. I'm going to go to my seat. But this morning I, I sat down early in my office as the sun was just kind of coming up a little. And I was going to read some stuff I wanted to read in the scripture. And I thought I was going to get maybe three or four chapters into this one book. And I started out in the 39th chapter of the book of Genesis. And I got two verses, and he preached about it today. And the Bible says that Joseph was blessed of God. He was prospered of God. God was with that man, and so he prospered. And the Bible says that Egypt was blessed because God was with Joseph. You know, how to, you know how to get blessed? It's just get in the kingdom. And I don't know if your theology will allow you to believe this or not. But God will bless all of Egypt just to make sure one man is taken care of. You can be in all of your idolatry and one man says, I'm gonna worship God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live where you want me to live. I'm going to do what you want me to do. And God said, I'm going to bless everybody so I can bless this one man. That's all I got. I didn't get any further than that. I cried. I worshiped. I wept. I took notes and the Holy Ghost is trying to tell people in this room here, if you'll get over what you've been through, if you'll get over your shame and your sin and your mistakes, there's a calling that's been there a long time. And the kingdom is saying, if you'll get over it, I already have. If you'll get over it, I already have. And I'll take you through whatever you need to go through to give you what I want to give you because I've got some blessings. I've got some deliverances. I've got some anointings. I've got some things I want to give you because you are in my kingdom.
Now I need you just to, if it's appropriate, I need you to put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Because we don't know what you came with today. But God knows what you came with. God knows where you are. God knows what your steps are tomorrow. Come on, I need you to place your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and I need you to start praying for them. We got a baptistry ready to baptize people in the name of Jesus. We got robes and pastors ready to do that. If you want to be baptized, just come on down. We'll baptize you. You can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Come on. But you need to pray over somebody right now that the Lord will just bring deliverance and healing and victory and dominion into their life and into their family. Come on, there's miracles happening right now in this room. There's miracles happening right now in this room. Shackles are being broken off. Demonic strongholds are being broken today. Release them, Lord, in your spirit. Release them, Lord, by your power. Release them, Lord, with your anointing. Come on, somebody let the Holy Ghost flow through you right now. Somebody let the Holy Ghost just flow through you right now. Come on, lift up your voice and let the Holy Ghost just flow through you. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I hope this word has blessed you. If you are in the River Valley area and are looking for a church to attend, we would love for you to join us right here at TPC. Services are Sunday at 11 a.m. and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. You can visit us at our website at www.tpcfortsmith.com and on Facebook at the Pentecostal Church Fort Smith. Here you will find any information you may need. Thank you and God bless.